in. <laughs> Are we actually recording this time? Yeah, we're recording. Hey, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, telling him we have a, now a a portion of a third lost episode. Yeah, yeah. We you, man, you guys missed some good dialogue. You guys, listen, we had, <laughs> we had a good twenty minute conversation before we realized it was not recording. I'm not only the Jew in the title; I'm also the shittiest audio engineer <clears throat> known to podcasting. Oh God! So if this episode somehow doesn't live up to par it's because we we were spent we already shot our load in the first <laughs> fake episode which was going spectacularly there was a lot of there were a lot of confessions on my part yeah, i was there confessing were. a lot about some personal things and now they're gone oh yeah but no but you got to confess about your uh, your gay uh, we don't your have gay to, we don't have student to again. Yeah. no he was talking about how he has a, a student who's who's a gay twin and uh, yeah, they're twin boys. They're both they're twin brothers. Mm-hmm. Not boys. They're not boys anymore. They're adults. He's like thirty something, thirty four. But they're twin. He was one of my students in a, in a workshop. And uh, they're both they're gay. They're both twins, and they're both gay. Right. So when they were kids, they would fuck each other mm-hmm. <laughs> with Saran wrap and conditioner. Wow. <laughs> And, this is how, and it came out because he, he did this kind of corny joke about asking a twin brother who's also gay. And then he's like, and I know what you're thinking. Yes, we had toys. That was his big left turn type joke for that. And I, and I told him, I said, listen, you got to just address the question at hand. You got to just tell people, and no, we didn't fuck each other. And he got this look on his face, this weird, like, well, the... That isn't entirely true. Kind of, kind of look, and I was like, "Wait a minute, did you guys, did you guys fuck each other?" And he just kind of looked at me, and he goes, "Well, that's what Saran Rapid conditioner was for." <laughs> <laughs> and did the did the bit get good? So, and you know what, the bit actually did get good. It got because <clears throat> it had such tremendous shock value. And I told him, and here's the thing: it was tough for me because. You know, as, as a as a as a teacher, and then you know, I, I tend to try and be a purist about stand up, and my idea is that you know you have to go with the truth. You have to be the it's the brutal honesty that really c- creates the great comedy. And so I uh, and so I was telling him, I was like, well, then that's. I mean, I was conflicted because the 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 part of me that's a purist comedian is telling him, well, that's what you got to say. Then if you and your brother used to fuck each other, then then that's what you got to say. But the part of me that's a human and doesn't want to destroy his family, who doesn't want his father hanging less himself. less about this joke. What's that? The part of you that didn't want to destroy his family didn't want him to do the truth. Had a lot less influence in your decision than the comedian. Well, in yeah, you. unfortunately. Well, I told him it's up to you. I'm like, if you really want to do this bit, you got to be honest and just did, fuck. And do did it. he ever tell the audience? Yes. And and they loved it. Wow. Yeah. Really? He told his mother, and she said, "Do the joke." His brother, though. Hates him doing the joke. Of course he hates right, him doing the joke. Right, because he doesn't want... He's like, what if people who work here? Th-? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> They're going to know we used to fuck <clears throat> each other with saran wrap and white rain. The second anyone hears that joke... <laughs> white rain. You don't, you don't know it was white rain. Uh, I don't know it was white rain. It could have been fructis. Who knows? No, but the thing is, though, like, that kind of joke... Like, I mean, like, with, with the lost episode last time, we, we talked about personal things that can be... Tra- it's... Look, the second anyone hears that, your personal stuff now? no, no, it's still. What true. about the rule you made up when you showed up that you oh, that's can't? Right. We can't. We can't. I can't talk about out you. Stuff. You can't I out me. I was asking you if we could talk about it. No, you didn't. You did last time. You just you just brought it out of me. Right, and that's why now we have to not. But do that. my point is, the second anyone hears that guy <laughs> tell the joke 
in an, in a comedy club. They just remember his name. They just look up on on, on Facebook, and in Facebook, you know, there's like your profile photo, and then you know it says mother, father, brother. He fucked like right there, <laughs> and you can click into that guy, and just there's no. Like, hey man, I heard you fucked your brother when you were kids. Yeah. 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 There's no. Listen, I left. The decision was his, purely his. And in fact, the funny thing was, is all week long I was torn about having told him. To say it. He okay. totally did, too. And then, maybe torn is the right word. Torn. The saran wrap is very durable. Yeah. So then we, we come back and I go, listen, I've been thinking about it all week, man. Don't say the joke. And he was like, too late. I did it and they loved it. I did it on Leno. Yeah, and I was like, what? He goes, and I, I told my mother and she was fine with it. And I was like. Did his mom know? That they had done that? Yeah. I don't think so. <clears throat> what a horrible mother. I think horrible. What was she? Look, goes, go, how if, is she supposed to know? She's if, if I'm if I'm having gay twins, I'm gonna make sure I know if they're boning. <laughs> well, see, but also at that age, maybe you're still hopeful they're not both gay. Right. You know, and maybe one of them was still trying to be macho. You know what I mean? Like at that point, they're just kids. You know, you're like maybe he could be gay, maybe. But both of them. I mean, I, I imagine you're more hoping on hope. That they're not both gay, and you're just trusting in that. Wow. So your advice was take your biggest and potentially most life-ruining secret ever and tell it to everyone. Well, that's what makes great comedy. And a fractured <laughs> relationship. Well, that's also what causes great comedy is fractured relationships with your family. Wow. God, I can't imagine what his brother felt like when he when he knew that, that his, his brother was, going was to telling tell random to, people yeah, on stage that they had they an incestual relationship uh, that's wow with fucking prell and uh glad rap did he, did he say that on stage too? i imagine even if it's saran rap it it's glad rap <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is glad rap that's, uh, that's very glad rap yeah wow oh, man good comedy is brutal yeah and there's usually a victim there usually is mm -hmm. and that's the problem you know and that's one of the problems with tv comedy and people seeing so much tv comedy and the true club experience, because people think what they're seeing on Comedy Central and all that is actually what is being served at the clubs. Mm -hmm. So they feel like, oh, that's it, okay. It's, uh, uh, they don't realize that there's an entirely different, far more brutal reality going on at the club. You know, yeah. that you have to go to the club to get that experience. Lives are ruined in the club. And no, I'm... no, no. Ruined lives are entertaining in the club. That's, that's very true. <laughs> that's... I don't even know why I'm a comedian. Like, I, I could have been so much better than this. But you had a lot of pain and a lot of insecurity. Still do. Yeah, and Still it's do. because of that you grew into yeah, but I could have a, put it into a like... guy that looks like he wouldn't be as, you know, fucked up as you are. Yeah. But it is that fucked upness that made you a comedian. I was talking to my shrink about all the things, and... Uh... You know, I listed like the obvious of Crohn's disease, that, you know, but I was blind in my left eye because I got herpes in it well, in, in fourth grade. Herpes. I'll talk about this. Herpes I'll talk about in the eye, in man. Fourth that is, grade. That is fucked up. I don't even know how was it was I just was I looking at some sketchy fifth Were you grader? Was I some creepy orderly with and now, and now, across your And now eyeball? I can't I can't look at anyone without wearing a contact on because <laughs> I I feel unsafe. But I mean that was one and my hearing loss, you know, like I didn't have a I didn't have an eardrum growing up. Oh my god! Did you know this? No, I didn't. Yeah, I grew up without a left eardrum. I had a gaping hole in my eardrum because uh, I had ear infections all throughout my childhood. Are you sure your parents aren't related? Are they? Yeah, they're probably. 
<laughs> they must be at least second cousins. My parents are like your your gay twins. Like yeah, they're the ones. They're like they have no business reproducing. Yeah, they're like the these. they're like my parents are the Lannisters from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I was t- I was telling her this list, but then after that, <clears throat> there were more. Like I have I have TMJ. My jaw clicks now. I'm gonna have to get surgery. I'm going to Kaiser Permanente tomorrow morning because there's this weird lump on my head. I have to get Lance. It's, it's a scalp zit. No, it's like a cyst. <laughs> you have a cyst on your head. Yeah, I do. I have to go in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., and they're going to like, it's like well, I'll tell you what, this minor is, you surgery. You are a classic example of you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, because if you open up my book, shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly It looks like a book. Really, it's a shit carrier. Right. You open it up, it's hollowed out. There's a steaming pile of shit. It's not a pretty sight down not there. Not good. It's not a pretty. I have like. In in my butt, I have like inflammation, so it kind of looks like kind of looks like Quato, you know. From, yeah, yeah, like like gross, from a, from like, Total yeah. Recall. Yeah, when I have a real steamer. You look like you look like those uh, those live nodules that they have in the, the animated commercial of the tennis shoe <laughs> that has those action nodules on the bottom. They're all like, like yeah, that's what the inside of your asshole looks. Like. Whenever whenever it all flares, those live nodules. Meow! Yeah, whenever it flares, I'm like, oh my action my action nog- nodules yeah. are acting up right now. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I was just telling the shrink, and the list just goes on and on about these things that I, I'm just kind of psycho about. But, you know, one of the reasons that you're so funny the second you walk up, you on stage is because, like, you know, look at you. Well, and that it was, and that was also in the lost portion of this, if we're going to come back to it. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about my obsession with my hair. Yes. Because I have a bald spot. And I use, I use Rogaine, not because, and let me tell you something, Rogaine doesn't work. Not very well. It doesn't accomplish the goal that you want. Your goal, the goal is for you to grow back hair and yeah. for it to look, but it doesn't. You have really fine hair that makes it look like you're balding mm-hmm. as opposed to just bald. Right. So it isn't very effective, but what it does do is it keeps the follicles alive, and that's all I want to do is keep them active until I can afford to get the transplants. Mm-hmm. Because physically, I was dealt a lot of low cards. <laughs> You are yourself a low <laughs> card. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy shit box. <laughs> shit book. Shit Easy bo- shit book. <laughs> shit box. Shit box 20. <laughs> Worst band name ever. So, because I, you know, I'm short and I'm fat and I, you know, I got a soft chin and little eyes and a wide nose. Like, I'm not, I'm not what anyone ever would consider classically handsome. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? <laughs> I think you're, I think you're beautiful. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> But then the one thing that I had that was attractive was my hair. I had this really gorgeous hair. The women were always saying, you have such gorgeous hair, you have gorgeous hair. So I grew it out real long. And let me tell you something, that when you have gorgeous long hair, there's a very particular type of woman that's attracted to you automatically. Yeah. Sluts. <laughs> and it's true. Sluts love guys with hair long, boys. curly hair. Yeah. That barbarian thing. And I'm telling you, I used to just go out and I would let the hair take me out. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, like I would just be like, where are you taking me tonight here? And we would just, I would just sit there and just wave it around a little bit and wait for the girl to make herself known. And eventually some girl would have to come talk to me. But do you think that when you began losing said hair, you got funnier on stage? Not at all. I was already a superstar. I've gone. Right. I was. I was very popular in Dallas. Probably the most popular comedian in Dallas. Yeah, yeah you're, 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 you're a small, big fish in a medium-sized yeah, it's a pond. Yeah, very little pond. But, uh, but that counts. I was still I was an accomplished comedian at that point. Yeah. With the hair. So you can imagine, pussy fast. But bringing it back to looks on stage, like, you know, I think, Remember Lucian from the comedy strip? Yes. Right. So when comic I was at strip. the comic strip, sorry, it's been a while. When I was auditioning there, shit, what year is it? Twenty twelve. It must have been 
2003? Eight years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I was very boisterous when I did comedy, et cetera, but he got, he got, he brought me in that office and he was like, you don't look funny. You don't look like anyone, you have, you have, you don't look like you have problems that anyone would empathize with. And I was, well, I was like, what do I do about this, man? Like, and he's like, that's the nature of comedy. You have to appear like you're someone who deserves to have these problems. That is why they twist around their ideas on the world. And I was like, well, hell, man, I've had plenty of them. And I was like, you're going to die in two years. And he did. And he did. Yeah. He was falling apart, though, already. He, he, he reminds me of... falling apart. Like, he... Remember when you came in, and all of a sudden, just, like, the tip of his finger fell off? Remember the Dark Crystal? <laughs> you know, on the Skeksis, in the very beginning of the Dark Crystal? Like, it's a, you know, classic in I Jensen remember the movie. Dark Crystal and the puppets and everything. What, very scary movie. Far too scary for young kids. But in, in the Dark Crystal, the emperor, who's kind of like a crow, he dies, and he just, like... He disintegrates, like right. his nose falls off. It's right. crazy. And Horror. that's what happened to Lucian. Scared the crap out of me as a kid. Yeah, Lucian literally began, parts began falling off falling of him. Falling off him. His fingers fell off. Remember, at a certain point, his fingers, so the t tips of his fingers fell off uh, on like four of his five fingers. And he had to wear basically these big gauze mitts. Yeah. You know, because the fingers had fall were falling off. He, it was like he had leprosy. He was like a chauffeur at that point yeah. with, his, <laughs> with his patent leather gloves. Yeah, with the gloves and everything. What the hell did he have? What did he die I of? don't know what that was. He had some condition, though. where, And I believe it was circulatory. I uh -huh. believe he had poor circulation. And that's why certain parts of his body were dying. The tip of the nose, I believe, fell off, and just everything is everything was falling off. The, his dick probably fell off. Oh Jesus Christ! Who knows? You know, but he, you know, at least we're not Lucian. And I tell you what, he kept fucking not booking me until the day. <laughs> well, we have that in common too. We have. He that. passed me, but he didn't book me. Yeah, uh, just to get you off his. But then you could drink for free. Totally, and he hated that that I took advantage of that program. That was an awesome program. It was. You could go in there. That's the one thing about New York. When you go to New York and you start becoming a comedian, like the clubs, they don't pay you, but they will let you drink for free. Yep. Which, unfortunately, I thought that was how all comedy clubs were. <laughs> <laughs> and other places, they tend to count your drinks a lot more than in New York. Yeah. But in New York, I took my pay in liquor. I was like, oh, really? Free drinks? I'll have 20. You're like, you I, for, for tonight's comedy, which I'm not getting paid for, I will extract six drinks worth Right, and at their money. prices, at New York bar prices, that was yeah. that could easily be a hundred dollars. Yeah, well, the way you drink, anyway. So, totally, that's the thing. I was getting a hundred dollars out of them per set. That's how I saw it, and I didn't even want to be an alcoholic. <laughs> I just felt like that was the only way I could get paid for what I was. There's only is there was only like bottle your liver and then resell that so as to then make money on the amount of alcohol flowing through you. You know what you should do? When I die, they should make a pate. <laughs> out of my liver and let everybody just get fucked up. A pate. Wow. <clears throat> you heard it here first. Yes. Pate. Jack Daniels pate. So did you have a good New Year's Eve, buddy? It was decent. I was performing. You 2012, know. yeah. It was good, yeah. How was yours? Uh, what I remember of it was fun. Yeah. I went to a Terrachroma party. Nice. And uh, I... Uh, I bought a bottle of Bushmills, like a whole the liter bottle. Terrachroma is one of these... You know, rave style, but it's not considered a rave anymore, right? It's more, they call it a festival. Right. But it's festival. basically. It's dance music, it's outdoors. It's a rave. They're hippies. It's a rave. It's a post anyway, rave rave. But I know the guys that do it, they're good friends. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I, I. So I, let me get this right. You're, you're how old? You're 34. No, I'm 32. 32. You're a 32 year old raver. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we're clear. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Every time, every like, every time I describe these things, and I'm like, yeah, it's really kind of mystical, and you know, people are like, is it a rave? And I'm like, it's you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> It's more like a big dance party, like rave, right? But you camp and there's, you know, yoga. Okay. It sounds like so a, it's a rave. Sounds like a fucking rave to me. It's a rave. But I brought, I brought uh, like a fourth of a bottle of Bushmills, and I bought another bottle of Bushmills. We're talking like a liter and a that's quite and a, a fourth. And Bushmills a little little dabble, do you? Oh my god, that's, Irish that's... whiskey just. Anyway, I end of the night killed the fourth and the whole bottle of Bushmills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I passed it around, but I, yeah, from wasn't this? Wait, and he told I asked him about his New Year's it was, and he goes, at a certain point, someone told me I was too drunk to do coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, when you're too drunk to do coke, man, you are fucked up. Yeah, and then I came to around just as far as what I remember, around five, and I smoked with some guys in a parking lot, and then I was just. But yeah, my capacity to put away whiskey is is uh, it's very Mine impressive. Mine too, from New York, from the New York days of trying to take all, make my money back in in whiskey. But whiskey is like, it's only whiskey, friend. I don't, I don't pound tequila, vodka. I give a shit about. But it's just, it's whiskey. There's, no, there's something, something about very liberating about whiskey, man. It's just, I, I, you it know, loosens the sensation. It's like Coca Cola, except it'll get you fucked up. Well, that's why the two go so well together. They I've really been drinking, do. I, I'll never forget. I was probably about 26 years old. I was doing ad libs in Dallas, Texas. And uh, we would go out after the shows, and and and, uh, and we'd always get drunk or whatever. And I mean, I was trying everything. I went through a martini phase, where I drink a bunch. You of had a martini. I did. I had a martini. Was that phase. was that when your hair was at its longest? It was. It was pretty long. It was pretty long, and I was enjoying martinis. And, uh, <laughs> of course, you got late. You're by the you're by the bar, just waving your mane around and There's having a, place a, called a, martini ranch. a three all of lunch. Yeah, so I was big in martinis. So then, but I felt like I was always looking for my beverage. Beer, uh, beer's all right or whatever. And then we were out and after one of the shows. And we had this guy uh, Joel Zeff, and Joel was one of those guys who you can trust his opinion about pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like this guy, he 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 reads about everything. He you know what I mean? Like he just you can trust if he says, "Oh, you don't want to go there. You want to go here. You're gonna go to the other place because he's that kind of a guy." Yeah. And we're at the bar, and he goes, "Yeah, let me get a Jack and Coke." I was like, "Jack and Coke." But you'd never really explored. I never really explored How old were you bourbons. I'd been on white liquors this whole time, mm -hmm. and I was like, "White yeah, rain." One of those. And I was about twenty-six years old. Uh. And I'm not telling you. The second it hit my tongue, yeah. I felt like I met my soul. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was "Okay, like, for the record, last sweet mystery of life at last I found." For the record, to oh. people listening, he is currently wearing a Jack Daniels T-shirt. <laughs> That's hilarious. God That's so funny. I totally am. You I'm totally are. T-shirt right now. Recording a Jack Daniels. Yeah, I'm a certified Jameson tasting expert. I have a plaque on my wall. There you go. Exactly. So, the, uh, although I've always, I mean, Jack Daniels to me is the Coca-Cola of whiskeys. Well, I don't. I I like to just drink it straight. I don't even like to mixing it. And that that's where the Irish whiskeys come in. In the right, Scotch. they are better straight. Like the yeah. Jameson, the Jameson 1780, is phenomenal. It's amazing. Straight. You don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, yeah, you want to foul it up with. You don't want to dilute Jameson or uh, or and the Scotch especially. Yeah. You just you definitely want you want that straight, but. It's just amazing to me how much I can drink of that shit. It's incredible, you know. And Bushmills comes in a liter. It's not a seven hundred. And that's that's where I figured out the secret of Bushmills because when I was buying it, there's a Jameson bottle, 
and that's 750 milliliter, milliliters. And there's the Bushmills bottle right next to it that, you know, a little taller. It's uh -huh, kind of more rectangular. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's a liter. Like you're getting 250 more liters of whiskey when you buy the Bushmills. And let so me tell the, you. So the Jew part of you <laughs> decided which brand you like better. I can't, I Not can't, your taste buds. I can't decide if this is the alcoholic side <laughs> of my family from my dad or the Jew side of my family from, from my mom. mom. I think yeah. this is the mom side going, because, but for the same price, you get a whole liter. No, but think about this. I was going to a little a, a festy in the woods, bruv. Like when you've had 750 milliliters of whiskey, you know what sounds real good? 250 milliliters more. <laughs> See, to me, that sounds real bad. I've, that's a lot of whiskey, dude. Boy, that puts you in that dizzy kind of a drink. And my friend Andrew, who's there with his girlfriend, like, I caught up with them. I didn't see them at the end of the night. And apparently, he had a set. He was great. And then we came back to the parking lot, and I was just, I filled, I had a flask in my pocket the whole time, and I kept refilling it. Uh -huh. Flask is just a, a flask is like a portable bad decision <laughs> bomb. Yeah, yeah. But I caught up with her later because, you know, like I said, around 1.30 p.m., it was, I just fast-forwarded to 5 o'clock. Whiskey is time travel. It is. That's Whiskey <laughs> is time travel. It is. You just would start here, wind up there. And then I caught up with his girlfriend, and I was like, hey, what happened to you guys? And she was like, he got so drunk, we just totally passed out in the VIP area. Dude, this, Ben, I love the way Ben, by the way, in that story, if you notice, he referred to his friend having had a great set. And what he's talking about is a DJ set, right? Yes. Him DJing. Which is hilarious to me because I can't tell the difference between one song and the next. All sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah. And yet they can listen to it and be like, "Oh, this, oh, he's really killing it." Yeah. I, like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. It's like. <laughs> it's like how a scientist. It's like how a scientist hears whale song. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll hear one whale talking and then a different whale talking, and to you, it just sounds like. But to him, it's a totally different dialogue that's going that, on. That must be it. I, you know? I, I think that's that's giving it a little more intellectual credit than it deserves. I've heard some great techno that's been set to whale song. <laughs> it all sounds the same. No, it's it the same shit. And then because it, it's all like beats and everything, and then it builds up. Exactly. And to me, they, well, I don't know how that takes talent. I make tracks now. I have eight tracks. Right. They're good. They're, they are on Go to benmorrison.org. Right. They are up. Go to Artsy and then Music. They are de definable uh, by taste, I imagine. They're good. They are interesting. <laughs> you haven't listened to them. I have. I've listened to one or two. Uh-huh. I remember there was the the bachelor song, the bachelor, bachelor party. jam. Yeah, we went for and we went jam. to Andrew's. My my DJ friend, his uh, his bachelor party. As a bunch of us went out into the woods and ate mushrooms and brought his whole studio. He's a musician. We brought his whole studio. We all ate mushrooms. And he's uh, not a musician. He's a DJ. No, he is a legitimate musician. Oh, okay. He plays a number of instruments and has an actual. Anyway, we all. Long story short, we all went to the woods, did mushrooms, um, and I brought my iPhone with a vocoder app, like T-Pain, and then plugged it in through the PA, mm. and was running ar around the woods, like singing, like T-Pain through the PA, and recorded the samples, and then took a song, and made a, made a song out of the samples. Yeah, it's called Bachelor Jam, it's on his website, feel free to check it out. It sounds like all the other <laughs> techno, trance, dance, sigh, whatever the fuck you wanna call it in the universe. Whatever. Ben insists there's a difference, I can't tell the difference. I mean, I think, it's the same way I think for the most part, most hip-hop sounds the same. And a hip-hop fan right. would smack me in the face. Right, exactly. You know? Like, you can't even... Be, right, and that's a fine parallel. Yeah. Because I can see where that would be... But with trance, I don't, I don't get it. But that's where he was for New Year's. You did that. Yeah, yeah. I did a... Uh, I was headlining at the El Paso comic strip. A, um, a vaunted institution. <laughs> yeah, really? 
<laughs> you know, it's nice for me because my family lives there. My parents live there. And so um, I, 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 it's nice because they let me come home over the holidays. So I get to work and I'll be home and everything. Mm-hmm. But it made for a very long stay. I ended up being in El Paso for eight days. Eight days. And that's a long time to be in El Paso. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's. I'm going to I'm going to Vegas for five days, and that's three more than you should ever be in Vegas. For. Totally, it is absolutely. Oh, and the other thing. Here's the other thing, though the the shows, like all the shows leading up to New Year's Eve, were like young, uh, primarily Hispanic, but mixed some black, some white from the the, the army base, uh, but but primarily younger Hispanic audience. New Year's Eve, the actual New Year's Eve show, was like an older white audience. And so uh, both my feet, my opening act, the Smash Brothers, Corey and Chad, they really had to adjust their whole act. Like nothing that had been working all week was working in front of this New Year's Eve audience. Right. Because it was a totally different dynamic. It was a totally different audience. Instead of young and Hispanic, all of a sudden it was old and white. It was really weird. And I had the same problem. I went out there and I was like, hmm, this is all... Very different than it's been the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So it, it was. Uh, it you was, didn't. You didn't tell such uh, intellectual staples as you ever taken a shit so fat it felt like rape. No, I did it. <laughs> and uh, they all get that one. No, I, I believe I actually probably didn't do that joke because I was trying to take it easy at that point. I was trying to ease off the. What was that story you told me about where you went? You had a club and your opener just died so bad the owner and the owner wanted you to be clean but right. then was like do any just bring him back please right and you did the dirtiest set you've ever done and destroyed right. but he wanted to fire you right there yes where was that that was at hyenas in fort worth <laughs> <laughs> really yeah you made I, it though I, I i saved the show but he still he was so mad at me for doing that type of material you know the funny thing is that particular owner is mad at me from 20 years ago because one of the first places i ever did stand up Mm-hmm. And I did a joke called the butt fuck joke, mm-hmm. and it was my one of my filthiest earliest routines. Mm-hmm. wasn't particularly good. All shock value, nothing clever about it. Um, and it was just. And like, then you graduated to more heady well, ma- heady matters like it, a shit that fucking, feels like right, rape. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's basically the same thing. Only in this clever format, it works far better. Right. You know. But uh, he's still mad at me about this butt fuck joke, and he's still trying to prove to me that you can't do that kind of humor and have anybody like it. That it, it's like we connected right back to that moment mm-hmm. when I did this other set, despite how successful it was, it connected right back to the I told him I've been telling him for 20 years, he can't do that kind of jokes in my club. And so, and that's what I really feel he was really mad about that. Oh, you know, he remembered your uh, your previous angle. Oh, yeah, oh, he remembers it quite well. But you have a lot of stories like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy. I'm wearing, shitting a lot of beds. Says the guy wearing the Jack Daniels T-shirt. <laughs> All right, so I want to go to a fan on Facebook. I put out the uh, put out the call to tell us if you have any topics you'd like to discuss. From Craig Fields, he says uh, in response to what uh, what do you want me and Wilson to talk about? He goes, he already knows this, but you can bring it up again. All NFL footballs have Wilson written on them. It's like his own little herd of cattle. Uh, uh, thank you, Craig. Not funny, but we can work with it. Is he uh, one of your students? No, no, no. But he, he's actually just a fan. He's actually a super nice he's one, guy. He's one of the gay twins. So. <laughs> he's one of the gay incest <laughs> twins. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, whatever. Think what you want. No, Craig's actually a super nice guy. Um, it, the thing about that is, I actually one time was hanging out with this chick named Anna Wilson in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. She was a costume designer who was doing the costumes for the show I was doing. Mm-hmm. And she, um... One day we're at lunch, and she goes, uh, by the way, you aren't a uh, 
you aren't related to the Wilson Sporting Good family, are you? I was like, yeah, right. I was like, no, why are you? And she goes, yeah. Really? Yes. No way. She was, and as it turns out, she was a trust fund baby. Huh. Because her family, I mean, they sold it back in the 70s. Right. Her grandfather sold it in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And divested the Wilson family from Wilson Sporting Goods. But, I mean, the money's still there, and she still had a wow. trust fund from so her grandfather. Tom Hanks's castaway was one big commercial for her family? Well, at one point, yes. Now it's a, you know, it's a corporate part of some conglomerate. But, and apparently how it started was, and she told me this, her great-great-grandfather owned a meat packing plant in Chicago, or slaughterhouse for pigs. Mm-hmm. And they had all this extra skin, oh, and they the didn't hides. know what to do with it. Yeah. And so they started, when football came around, they started making footballs mm-hmm. and basketballs and everything else. You know, sportings, sporting in America was just really blowing up at that time. So they, they just started making the stuff. And then before you knew it, the whole game, you know, ball-making business was, was making way more mm. than the slaughterhouse. And so that's how our family, that's how Wilson started. It's like that old joke about uh, <clears throat> a rabbi has all a jar of foreskins and brings it to a tailor and says, can you make anything with this? And the tailor says, come back in a week. Rag- rabbi comes back in a week and he gives him a little wallet. And the rabbi's like, a little wallet? It was a huge jar. He goes, yeah, but you rub it for an hour. It's a luggage set. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, recycling reuse. That's there the, uh, that's the, uh, the point we want to talk about. So uh, you you missed the whole L.A. arsonist thing, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, my girlfriend, actually, she's in Virginia, and she was like, did you see it on the news? We saw it here. What? So uh, an arsonist was lighting cars on fire. I think like 55 in total. What? Yeah, yeah. There was over four nights. The first night was like 12 or 13. Second night was 12 or 13 on North Hollywood in the Hollywood area in West Hollywood. Yeah, apparently uh, they found he was a German national who was upset that his mom was going to get deported. And he's obviously got a screw loose, so began yeah. this this arson spree. And uh, well, in Germany they would call that art. Yeah. So <laughs> in Germany they would call that uh, cleansing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but they would uh, call it necessary. But apparently he would uh, it would like time detonations, so they couldn't catch him because he just plant like you know he'd have a book of matches set to light in an, a minute or so in a pool of gas. I don't even know what it was, but he would set it and then drive away and then. Five to it burst into flames, and it's the undercarriage of a car. There's a gas tank there, and yeah, it was crazy. And uh, the, the morning that they caught him was uh, two nights ago, and I live in West Hollywood, uh-huh. and he had lit four fires on Laurel Canyon. They shut down all of Laurel Canyon. Wow. You know, there's a lot of, you know, trees and dry brush there. Wow. And uh, I was sleeping. I got I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. It sounded like like a demilitar, like, like a war zone. There was... I don't know, four or five police helicopters out front, and, like, you could hear nothing but police sirens just driving around, and it sounded like, kind of like, you know what they say when the world's going to end? Like, it's Uh nothing but official lifesavers trying to do their job, that kind of, that noise. Right, right, right. And it sounded very, you know, they they caught him soon after that, because apparently they released a security video, you know, he's kind of a fat guy with a ponytail. Um, But it was... So he's comic book guy. He kind of looks like comic book guy. Can I tell you something? I think... I think this is, okay, I think this guy used to live on my street, and I'll tell you why. You don't even know his name. I don't, but uh, three years ago, uh, we had the same problem on, on in my neighborhood where me and Todd Womack used to live. And me. And you, right, but on our side, of, we, it was more on our side of, uh, of Sunset. Uh-huh. And so the, they were constantly, uh, fires, the cars were being lit on fire, and really? one happened right outside of, of Todd's building, almost burned it down. One happened at the right in the carport under the building yeah. next door to mine, almost burned down that building and my building. 
Wow. Okay. So, and then they caught him one weekend. I was out of town. I came back. I was like, did I miss anything? They're like, yeah, there's a huge standoff. They caught this guy. His mom had to talk him down and get him to come out and all this. And it was some guy that lived down the street and he'd set several cars on Apparently, fire. Apparently, they said on the radio, a lot of arsonists live around where they set the fire because part of their uh, perversion is they like to watch it burn. Totally, exactly. And so that, so they they finally caught him. And I, I'm wondering if like he did like two, three years, got out and immediately just was like, fuck you, I'm going to show you some fires now. Was he was he German? I don't remember. But I remember <laughs> he lived with his mom. I'd be surprised if it was the same guy. I wouldn't be. All right. Because well. cars, that was his thing, was lighting cars on fire. Hmm. So. But this know. guy, his, he lit them all over the place. I mean, they were all over North Hollywood, all over Hollywood, West Hollywood, which was weird. Let me just tell you, if they start calling him the Russell Street, the Russell <laughs> Avenue arsonist. The Russell Street murderer. The Russell Avenue arsonist. <laughs> We'll know it's the same guy. When it started, though, I was convinced it was more than one person. I was convinced it was a doomsday cult. Convinced that, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they'd find one person, but it'd be other members of the cult that did it, you know? It's 2012, you know? I, I think things like this are going to happen. This is the year of the nut job. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. It might be. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they didn't need a Mayan calendar to do a bunch of nutty stuff and kill themselves before. But now, now, I mean, now, I, that's what I'm saying. Now they have an impetus. Now they're like, oh, this is it, people. This is it. I feel like in all the end of the world predictions that may or may not be horseshit, 2012 is the one that has the most, and I hate to use this word, but credence. Right, because it's of, not because, like the rapture. It's right, not some stupid religious of, cult. Of the, of the alignment of the planets. And right. 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 A rebirth, so to speak. I mean, it is an odd coincidence that this, this is the year that all those all the planets line up. Mm -hmm. in our, in what our, planets? Uh, Inform us. Are you not aware? Well, I don't know the specifics of it, do you? I don't know. No, it's like Jupiter, Saturn, the sun, the earth, like with everybody. I think it's every planet in our solar system lines up mm -hmm. straight across, and that's that's the thing. Hmm. For what, a night? I believe, I believe the sky opens, Jesus returns mm -hmm. in uh, robes of flaming glory. Mm -hmm. and, uh, robes of flaming glory. <laughs> battle Satan for, for the final, right. uh, heavenly dominance here on earth, I believe is what happens. The Mayans were big proponents of Jesus. Yeah, they loved that Jesus. That guy was all over Machu Picchu. Well, he was Picchu. the tallest Mayan. So. He was the tallest Mayan. <laughs> yeah, he was he, by like twice. <laughs> Like, you gotta be the son of God, because... So we have Tyler here. Tyler joined us, your roommate. We gotta get him a chair, though. We gotta get him a chair. Why don't we let him leave your little footstool there? Sure. Here. Looks, looks clean. Yeah, it's only covered with his foot grime. Foot grime. You gotta share that mic, though. Okay, so Tyler here, and I'll tell you a little bit about Tyler. Uh, Tyler had sex with a girl that... I had to, I, I thought, I, I got some vibe from her when I met her, and of course I had to walk away. You think you get vibe from every no, 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 but this one is for real. It was female. on, man. You can ask her, she'll tell you. She was vibing me. I'm telling you, man. But I had to do the walk away. I had to walk away because I love my girlfriend. I'm not going to fool around. So, but then she turns up over here, the roommate uh, of the girl that, whose life uh, Ben ruined, and, and then... Uh, <laughs> Eddie, let me tell you something, ladies. So much for just, your rule. Take, let me take a, take a word of advice from the Wilson. If you meet Ben Morrison and you think, wow, this is a really good-looking, funny guy, remember Book of Shit, okay? <laughs> just remember that. Inside this book is a steaming pile of shit. And, and that, that's why you're my best friend. And, he might, and it might just kill you. That's all I'm saying. So, 
You suck. <laughs> I love you, man. Just okay, for the record, Wilson shows up today. He's like, you know, man, I got it. I got it. I, I, here's the way we avoid lost episodes. Right? Right? <laughs> I don't call you out. You didn't call me out. What do you think? It's I'm great. Not <laughs> you out. Out. I'm just saying. We had already established your book of shit. Kiss my ass. Didn't we talk about that earlier? Yes. Okay, there you But go. then you brought it back to my dangerous cock. I didn't say anything about how dangerous your cock is and the fact that it... You can read my journals at mydangeroucock.tv. <laughs> blogspot.com. Blogspot. So anyway, so this girl, she's a very pretty young girl, and you could tell, like, she just moved out to L.A. She was ready to pop, you know? You could, you got that vibe from her. I had to let it go. Lo and behold, Tyler over here uh, got in there, and and what were you? <laughs> number? What number were you on the list? I believe uh, Trace. Number three, <laughs> baby. Come on, you know how hard that is to walk away from, from being in the top five? <laughs> That's phenomenal. Okay, so tell us. So uh, so Tyler's here, Ben's roommate. He got, he got to uh, make that list. That I didn't, and uh, he says it's uh, pretty good. That's yeah, good. It's uh, hard to uh, get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think it's because she's so tired, or do you have a big dick? I think, I, I think there was blood the first time. <laughs> so you may not have even been three. You may have been like 1.5. Yeah. I think the first two guys added up to one, and I was number two. Right. She probably, probably just dating Asians. Was she... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, was nice. I mean, I think you and I should tag it. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I can't do it. I love my girlfriend. Love you, Summer. I love you my whole life. I don't think he was referring to you, asshole. Uh, he was looking at me when he said it. <laughs> uh, you want to get in there, Ben? Says the guy wearing the Jack Daniels t-shirt. <laughs> sure. It's a lifestyle choice. But the reason we've invited Tyler on here is because Tyler has many insane ex-girlfriend stories, some of which we felt were too precious to not share to the rest of the world. Now, I want... I've, I've heard a couple, and I think the uh, leaving your girlfriend in Thailand story is really good, or the cop, when she called the cops what? on you. You left a girl in Thailand. Now, that's, that, that's not like just kicking a girl out of your car, man. That is leaving her in a situation where she could be sold into slavery, you sick fuck. I put her on a plane. I put her on a plane. That was good. You put her on a plane in yeah. Thailand? But this is Todd. Tyler has so many good stories about this chick whose name we won't mention for the sake of Facebook. But it is, it's Tyler's destruction. It's Tyler's, yeah. it's, it's the, uh, it's the. Uh, how, how long were you together? Well, we dated for about six months and then we broke up for about three years. Get a little Are you telling him to get closer? Yep. We dated for about six months, broke up for three and a half years. No. What? Wait, what? So, what? <laughs> <laughs> so during that three and a half year, back and forth and back and forth, is yeah. when all this drama happened. Yeah. Boy, I've had one of those. You know what it is? It's a hot, crazy girl that does that to you. Yeah, yeah. So hot, so fine. That's yeah. That's what it is. Because you want, you're like, I, I, it's so hot, it, the sex is so good, and you're like, how can the sex be so good and everything else so bad? Well, no, no, no. And you it try all, and it all swimming comes, through the rest it all comes just back, to keep the sex. It all comes back to lack of a father, because when a girl has a falling out with her father, she has a falling in with your dick. That's what happens. She's trying to win his approval by banging you so weirdly it would horrify him She's if she so knew who he not. was. That chick got me arrested twice, and I still <laughs> miss her. <laughs> now that, that is some sweet poon. That's, that that's, is, God, that is... That's the kind of poon. That's like landing in a field of gold lilies. Like, you know, like it's just <laughs> that call NYPD on you. <laughs> wow, how many? She got yeah. Tell tell twice. about talk about that. What happened there? Yeah, twice. <clears throat> what happened? Uh, one time. Uh, let's see what did happen. All I know is that uh, she started dating the detective who was looking for me. Oh, <laughs> oh. Scored some handcuffs off him. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. 
We got back together. She handcuffed me to a bed frame and then called the detective. <laughs> oh my god. This is like a this is like an episode of like bored to death or like that's a terrible like that's something that sounds made up. It's so bad. So what happened? Uh, well, what happened when the detective got there? Well, for, she warned me. Okay, did okay. Double, okay. Did you double team her with the detective? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't. Wanna, I, I shouldn't even go into the uh, handcuff story, but I'll just say that she set me up to get arrested for the third time, <laughs> same precinct, East Village. Oh my god! <laughs> but then uh, alerted me that the cops were coming the next day. I, I hadn't seen this girl in like three, four, five months, right? Since Bangkok. <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, since so you put her on a plane in Thailand, on a plane in Thailand. yeah, I wonder why she wanted to get you arrested. My foot, like, get on that plane, bitch. <laughs> but anyway, she, uh, uh, I haven't seen her in three, four months. She calls me, I miss you so much. You want to see me? I said, fuck yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> That is that is that is some steamy hot beef, man. Her body must be just so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, what? Describe describe the body. I want a wait. I want a nice description of this whole thing, including the vaginal area, because it's it, to go through what you went through. It must be, I mean, just spectacular. Oh, it's beautiful. It's like a uh, the kind of like ass you just want to like rest your cheek up to, you know? Right. No, I know that kind of ass. Yeah. <laughs> Her so. pussy smelled like fucking. Chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Wait a minute, but was it a small lipped, like delicious, or was it like a fuller, but also nice? I mean, what was this? It, what was it, it about it, her that made her irresistible? Oh, I don't know. I think it was the head games. I didn't know which fucking way it was up. Boy, I'll tell but you. that body was fucking beautiful, and I mean, it all it all capped off to with those DSLs. Right. I can pull up some photos, maybe show you guys, but. It, <clears throat> okay, yeah, bring up the bring up the photos. Uh, no, I want to see some finish photos the story. while we're telling the story. Finish, the, computer. Okay. finish the story. She, finish the story. She handcuffs you to a bed and, and says also, the cops are coming. Was she a, was she, had she been an athlete or a dancer of any kind? Uh, big surprise, actress. Ah, cuckoo actress. Yep. Okay. Actors equal drama. Yeah. But anyways, uh, she calls. She uh, texts me out of the blue. Mm -hmm. You want to see me? Fuck yeah, I want to see you. Where do you live? Give her the address. Text her the address. She said I'll be there in thirty minutes. She comes over, and she, uh, we fuck like crazy. And then she says, I have to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I'm like, tell me, baby. It's fine. You know, I've missed you. <laughs> I haven't seen you so long. I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sucker. Oh, You're man. a straight sucker. It was bad. So she's like, you know, uh, you know that text you sent me last week? I sent her a text. You know those photo booths? You get like the four, three, four pictures. Right, right. I sent her. There was one where I was like holding her tits, and then I was like, you know, kissing her, and then I was like fucking her or whatever. I sent her that, like, hey, remember this? No reply. Week later, she replies. Anyway, we're in bed. She says, uh, yeah, I showed those. I went to the cops today, and I showed them those <laughs> texts and said you were frightening me, and I think thought that you were going to come and rape me or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So then I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I love that you don't see any of these red flags. It's like you're in China and it's flag day and you don't fucking see it. It's like Puerto Rican fucking parade day. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> so what did you do? Okay, so I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know I got arrested here last year. It's like Central Park during that exhibit, The Gates. It's like, yeah, you got so many red flags. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, what happened? Uh, so, she's, she told you she <laughs> I said, cops? yeah, I haven't seen her in three, four months. I'm subletting this place. You know, I'm in New York doing a bit, pretty big job. Mm -hmm. Real big job. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? 
you know I got arrested here last year. And she's like, I know. The one guy was laughing, was all stoked because he, when the detectives looked at each other, they're like, oh, he's got priors. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You can stay at my place. <laughs> so then I ended up staying at her place for like three days. I got back and my new uh, neighbor... Wait, do you know you wound up hiding from the cops at her place from three days? The same I, chick I, that I, I, wait a minute. hiding from the cops. She called on you yeah. at her place uh, after she after she said, you, "I may have told them you, you were going to try and rape me." So then, so then she fucking uh, <laughs> sleeping at her place, trying to do this job. I think it was like week one of this job. I get back like three days later, and the, there's a knock at the door. I'm like, "Holy fuck, the cops are here! Cops are here!" I open the door, it's my weirdo fucking pre-Giuliani punk neighbor guy who has, like, band practice in his tenement on Wednesday nights, you know, this guy. <laughs> and he fucking says, dude, the cops were here looking for you. I'm like, they were? He's like, <laughs> he said, yeah, there was three of them. I was oh like, three? God. They're going to come fucking thug me out because they thought I was some fucking aggressive dude. Right. <laughs> Fucking bitch. So, <laughs> so then we move in together. <laughs> god damn it, you are an idiot. Oh my god. But what happened when she handcuffed you? Did she bring the detective over? Um, no, no, no. So then, like, you know, she says, you know, well, if the detective, you gotta see this detective. He's all up on my shit. I'm like, Ooh, what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, he comes to my house, makes house calls, and says, oh, you know, we're, we're still working on that case. I'm like, what case? The case about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No case? The made-up shit? <laughs> she said, yeah. And his name was like Rick or something. Detective Rick, she kept talking. She's like, look, he gave me these. <laughs> and pulls out the handcuffs. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck yeah, let's use the handcuffs. <laughs> oh my God. So she fucking, this is like three days later. Now she's like moved in with me. I mean, it was so fast. We're back together. We're good. <laughs> back on the road, guys. That's the way it is with cuckoos. That's the yeah. way it is with psychos. Back in, back out. Back in, back out. We're getting married. We're going to spend forever. Like, get the fuck out of my life. Get out of my life. Let's get married. I can't live without you. Oh, my God. Oh, New York. New York. Yeah. <laughs> Another ride on the crazy train. Choo-choo. So anyway, so uh, she... Uh, strips... You know, we get... I don't know what happened. I don't know. She handcuffs me to the fucking bed. I'm naked. <laughs> She blows me like fucking angel blowjob or whatever. Puffy, beautiful, milky white lips of goodness. I don't know. Good shit. And then she said, um, she starts bringing up old shit, says, fuck you. <laughs> wow. You're a piece of shit. Wow. Remember when you put me on that plane in Bangkok? I'm like, no, no, I don't. No. <laughs> oh, like, you moron. She fucking sabotaged you. She fucking enticed you. <laughs> she led you right into the web, handcuffed you, and then interrogated you about the, you're an idiot. She got dressed. I wasn't even handcuffed or anything. I was just handcuffed behind my back. Oh, okay. Naked. So she <laughs> leaves, she gets dressed, and she says, well, this is, you know, this is what I got for you. Fuck you. The cops will be here in 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. She suckered you so good. And that, you know what? It takes that some... That was the best part, actually. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. The, the, that's that New York hardcore thing. Only that New York hardcore living can actually bring you to the point where you're like, you know what makes sense? Blowing this guy, letting him shoot a load in my mouth so that I could call the cops on him. <laughs> <laughs> only, in New, only in New York yeah, would that make sense. That's called true love, man. Jesus. That's I called bitch, true that love. That is fantastic. Yeah. 
That is great. I I had a very similar experience with Psycho Bitch. She dressed up like a whore, like she had a whore outfit, like a plastic leather skirt and high heels and the fishnet stockings. And she put her hair in pigtails and started talking like this, like like a thirteen year old girl that her parents had left in my house to watch her for a weekend. Okay, right. So I'm getting into it, right? And so I grab her by the pigtails and start throat fucking her. And <laughs> and I guess that was too far because then she like gagged and was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And like freaked the fuck out like freaked out and started throwing shit and everything and then i had to physically throw her out of my apartment you, d you do that a lot actually you did that a lot throw women? well when necessary if you can't get them out i'll just fucking move you i remember going to wilson's old place and there'd be like this huge bin of wilson's exit monologue for some other 19 year old he was <laughs> shacking up with actually my favorite move is the uh the dual arm bear hug just squeeze right, right just squeeze and move that's legal I actually just put my arm around her waist and grabbed the other arm, grabbed one of her arms and put my arm around her waist and sort of escorted her to the door. I was like, nope, no, because she was like, I'll leave. Just let me look. She wanted to like look up a car service online or something first. I'm like, fuck no, you get out now. Wait, there's, no, there's no internet options on getting thrown out. Remember when we went to the improv like a year ago and you brought that huge chick home? <laughs> <laughs> we no. do the improv and Tyler, uh, we go to the improv, we go, we go to the improv and we were all just getting drunk and then Tyler meets this chick who was kind of bigger but was like way into him and Tyler hey, was bigger chicks need love too Ty Tyler but Tyler was too. wasted he was like do more this chick's gonna, totally gonna blow me and I'm like do you sure you want that he's like yeah 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 so we go back to my place we watch swingers on the projector other people leave then Tyler's on the couch next to her it's like four in the morning she starts rubbing up and down on him she's sitting on his lap oh my god well then, yeah because she wants it and big girls they, they make the move that was what I thought you know did, I actually couldn't breathe. She's but sitting Ty on me. Tyler's like, <laughs> Tyler's looking over at me, like giggling, give me the thumbs up, like, yeah, I got a finger in her. And I'm like, dude, don't, you don't want to do this. And then at one point, yeah, she he did. No, he didn't. He really didn't. She was bad news. She was real bad news, dude. She was not even, she was not someone you'd ever like, you could justify the morning after having hooked up with. Dude, it isn't about the morning after. Just as long as you justify it to No, me. I'm sorry. I had, I had to be a bro. I had to be a bro. So at one point, at one point, she just gets off of him, and I take this like long rectangular pillow I have, and I just whack Tyler in the cock. And he goes, ah! And he goes to the kitchen and is like, but I think he in that one moment, I snapped it. I snapped out of it. I, I don't snapped think him it was out of even it. A pillow. I think it was like the back of your hand. You fucking smacked me hard <laughs> on my testicle. Whatever. You took that cue. Bring that boner down. <laughs> no. Hey, that's being a good he, friend, right? He there. took when that you're cue. Really to touch another guy's boner to make it go away. That is that is friendship. He took that cue. He goes to the kitchen. He's cupping his balls, pretending to like. Be in a lot of pain, looking at me like thumbs and up, like thanks, man, thank you. I look at the girl and I'm like, you should leave. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why would you do that to her? Why? Because I woke up in the morning. Tyler crashed out on the couch, and I woke up in the morning, and there was a sign in my fridge that I kept I kept up there for six months. It goes, thanks for saving my life last night, bro. Oh really? Yeah. Holy shit. Every time people would come over, that asked me about that, and I, I still feel like I did the right thing. I really hope that all those times when people did ask you, you had a, a false. Story. Yeah, I made I made something up that I saved you from uh, I, uh, a cliff I, of I some gotta sort. I got to tell you, I went through with it one night. Of course, it took a lot of coke. <laughs> I did a bunch of coke, and I mean, oh, we got to. But anyways, it's a story in my act about pussy snorkel. What? <laughs> we'll have to talk about it next time. We're running out of time. Wow. But what a time this has been, Tyler. You, my man, <laughs> need to fucking get it straight. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> Cause that shit, you're crazy letting that happen, man. Yeah. 
Well, uh, great story though, man. That was awesome. Do a Mexican and a roommate. Thanks for bringing me in, gentlemen. That's the new uh, the new Tyler. title. Thank you, Tyler. Our special guest, episode two of a Jew and a Mexican. Yeah, we got one, a second one in the can. We got number two. We took four episodes. We to got get number two. two. <laughs> what is it like two? Two lost episodes. Four on the computer or two in the bush, something like that, whatever. <laughs> Tune in next week. Four five. We even had 20 minutes of this one we didn't get. The Jew and a Mexican.com. Find us, love us, download us.